Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Worth More podcast. I am your host, Cami Bleese, and today for episode 12, I am going to be talking about why diets don't work. This is a hot-button issue for me, something I feel really, really strongly about and passionately about. Can't believe it's taken me 12 episodes to create an episode specifically geared towards this, but you know what? I finally did it, and I'm excited to jump right in, so let's get started. So the truth is, this isn't probably the first time that you've heard that diets don't work. Or maybe it is, and I'm the one to burst this little bubble for you. And I apologize, but also I'm really thankful that you're hearing this because if you have been like me or the millions of other women who spend so much of their lives obsessing about weight loss, then maybe this will finally be a little nugget to challenge some of those ideals, to challenge some of those expectations, and you can start letting go of this diet culture, of this mindset that your purpose here on this earth is to be thin and to look like the models on the magazine covers, and that is what your biggest goal should be in this life. I can tell you it is so freeing to give up trying to look like these fitness models or even just these normal people who are genetically thinner than me. And it doesn't mean that I don't care about my health. It doesn't mean that I've stopped working out or stopped eating healthy. It doesn't mean any of those things. What it's done is it's taken the power away from the industry to feed and to benefit from an insecurity. And that is what often is happening in the diet industry. Did you realize that 95% of people who go on diets will fail because they don't work? 95%. Is there really any other thing in this world that it could say there's a 5% chance that you will succeed at this that we would say, sign me up? over and over again, sign me up. No, but the reality is, is that millions and billions of dollars are spent on marketing and on advertising to make you believe that these things work and that this one has been new and advanced and tested and studied. And this will finally be the key. This will finally be the ticket. So you say, okay, 5% chance or not, I'm going to do it again. But even my track record of my life shows that I've had essentially a 0% success rate. And I still can see those thought patterns where you watch or you read and you're like, hmm, maybe because it worked for them, it could work for me. And this is after me working for the last couple of years to really set myself out of this mindset. I can still see how easy it is to fall back in that trap because it seems so enticing. But out of the 5% of people that succeed in weight loss, most of them will put all that weight back on, if not more, within one to five years. So really, a lot of the studies that we've done aren't for true longevity. It's not for the rest of their lives these people are thin and have achieved this 50-pound weight loss. There's so much out there that shows that even... After people get things like gastric bypass surgery or liposuction, that they end up gaining so much of the weight right back. And it's because it's not the weight that's the problem. It's because it's not that your body is broken or wrong. 
It's because the mindset and the habits that are there haven't changed at all in the first place. So what really the problem has to come back to is it's not you. You haven't failed the diet. You aren't not strong enough to achieve and follow through on the diet. The diets have failed you. You need to stop believing that this keto diet or this low-calorie diet or counting your calories diet, that all of these things are genuinely what freedom looks like around food. Because freedom around anything doesn't require constant obsession. Freedom around anything doesn't create a sense of shame and doesn't create a sense of feeling like unworthy if you don't look a certain way. Because so much of this is predicated on our external appearance. So why don't diets work? Well, there's so many reasons, and I want to touch on a few today, but kind of the bulk reasons that diets don't work is because most of them are either um, removing, you know, really important nutrients from your bodies, i.e. low-carb diets. Carbohydrates are amazing. If you stop eating carbohydrates, more than likely you're not eating enough fat to compensate and to – because what a lot of people will theorize, which – Fat can be used as an energy source. However, you have to eat less than 25 grams of carbs a day for your fat, you know, cells. Is that the word I want right now? For your the fat nutrients to kick in and become your energy source. 25 grams or less is very, very hard to achieve, hence why a lot of people have to track this. Now, this can be really beneficial actually for certain types of cancer and for other health issues. Going on a low-carb, high-fat diet can be beneficial, but we've packaged it up as this sexy new way for weight loss when really our body wants carbohydrates as energy. That's what they're for. And Cutting out fat isn't good for you either. You need fat as a balance. You need fat to be able to take other nutrients throughout your body to elongate the you know, carbohydrates and the protein and all the benefits that you get them. You want to make those nutrients last longer, and fat is so good for that. So by cutting out these different nutrients, your body is being underfed either by nutrients or by calories. So a lot of people say, oh, I'm going on a 1,200-calorie diet or a 1,500-calorie diet. Most people need about 2,000 calories just for their basic functions to work in their bodies. So just to like run sort of on normal, not to thrive, but to run sort of on normal, your body needs about 2,000 calories. I mean, I don't think I've seen a single diet plan that had me eating over 2,000 calories. And that is why so many people who go on diets are hungry. And they say, or you say to yourself, because I've said it before to myself, oh, I'm just teaching myself to kind of get used to eating this new amount of food. That I'm just, I've stretched my stomach. So my body is used to eating more than I need. And by consuming less food, I will eventually train it that it can survive on less food. Do you know what that sounds like? That sounds crazy. That sounds like a moderate form of starvation because the reality is, is that what your body is doing is it's not going, okay, Cammie, I want to now function off of this little amount of food a day and that's fine because it makes you look, quote, quote, societally ideal. 
No, what it's doing, it is shutting down different parts of your body and not allowing them to function optimally because it can't waste anything because you aren't giving it enough. It what it does is it activates some of these thrifty genes in our body. So it's this is also gets into genetics. It activates some of your thrifty genes that increase your hunger. They decrease your metabolism and they trigger other weight gain mechanisms within your body that are honestly out of your control. And what's happening is you judge yourself or you get frustrated because you're hungry when you had carrots and blueberries for a snack when your body is just saying, this isn't enough. I need more than this. And if you're not going to give me more than this, then I'm going to start changing things metabolically to survive. And I find it so sad that we try and manipulate or resent these biological things that are genuinely created to help us function and thrive to the best of our abilities. And genetics do play a big role in weight loss. You know, we look, if you just walk around like a store, the mall, the sidewalk, and just pay attention to the people around you, the beauty is that you will realize we are all built differently. We have different heights, different shapes, different colorings, different everything. And that's so celebrated. And yet when it comes to weight, there's this little part of us that believes that we all, if we really were dedicated enough, could look how these models promise us we can look. And that we would be as happy as they promise us we could be. But the the thing is, I hate to break it to you, is you probably won't. I won't. You won't. Unless you're genetically potentially pretty much built that way, it's going to be really hard for you to look that way and maintain it in any sort of semblance of freedom or health. And I genuinely believe that. And I think a lot of us would feel really weightlifted if we could be affirmed that our unique body type was celebrated. But for right now, most of what we see and is shoved down our throat is not a average woman. And that doesn't sell because that's what most of us look like. So they have to sell us this idealized tinier version and say, you can do it if you just try hard enough. Now, I think I didn't realize how much genetics really played into things until I've started doing some more research. And I found this excerpt from a book I read and love called Health at Every Size. And I strongly encourage you to read it. But I'm going to read a study that was done. And this kind of shows the play that genetics can have. The study is obviously done with men. But I mean, come on. I would say it's probably would be the same for women as well. I just didn't grab that little snippet from a study. Okay, so researchers put 28 pairs of identical twins on a six-week high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet, followed by a six-week low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet. In each pair, one twin ran an average of 30 miles per week more than the other. Consistent with other studies, when the men were compared to men who weren't their twins, there were large differences in weight change. However, despite the extreme difference in physical activity, each twin had very similar changes in weight. Getting more exercise did not result in a weight difference, and these men's bodies so strongly wanted to maintain a certain weight that they somehow found a way to compensate for the increased energy expenditure. 
I found this crazy because we think if we just work out more, we eat less, that our bodies will adjust and we'll be able to look this way that we're told to. But when all actuality, all of our bodies are built to maintain pretty much what's considered a set point weight. That set point has a range, but when you aren't obsessed about food, when you aren't thinking about your next workout, when you aren't worried about your body and you have a healthier body image, your body will naturally settle at a set point weight. This set point weight can change over time given certain factors, and dieting is one of those factors. Dieting actually increases our set point weight because your body is trying to hold on to more weight because it doesn't trust you for the next time that you go on a diet. So dieting has actually contributed to an increase of weight gain as has access to a lot of, you know, higher calorie, less nutrient focused foods. You know, we're moving towards a society that wants things quick and fast, both food and results. And this isn't actually benefiting us culturally. When you think about a diet, I think there's this part that it tries to educate you on foods that are good for you to eat. But most of the time, I feel like a fear is created around not eating those foods and eating foods from the bad list or the naughty list or the no-no list or the indulge or splurge list. And anytime you look at something as, I can only have this a little bit because otherwise it'll completely throw off my diet, you have now created an unhealthy association and more than likely a fixation around foods that you would otherwise not really worry about. I don't eat cake every day. I allow myself to eat cake every day, but I don't want cake every day. I'm not a sweets person. I get that. I'm a cheese person. And I'm working through allowing myself to have cheese every day in a way that doesn't mean I have cheese every day. Because what I'm trying to do is reteach myself that I can have all of these things whenever I want. So the decision no longer becomes this final meal mindset. And it becomes what sounds good right now. And maybe it's cheese or maybe it's a salad. But so many of us don't trust ourselves because diet culture has told us we can't. Because the second we go off of a diet, we binge. And therefore, they feel they have proven their point. All that's happened is you've reverted back to your old habits because you haven't created a new healthy relationship towards food. You've created an unhealthy fixation. All you've done is decreased the calories you've consumed for the last few weeks. So your body is desperately craving food. So it forces you to increase your hunger so you eat more. We are constantly at war with our bodies when we are in this diet mindset and we aren't doing any benefits to ourselves or our bodies by focusing on it. The best and healthiest way you can get to create a body that you love is to genuinely stop trying so hard. And maybe that means that you're bigger than what the cultural ideal says is beautiful. Babe, it doesn't make you not beautiful, and it doesn't make you not healthy, and it doesn't make you not worthy. It just makes you you, and we are all unique. And I think what it really boils down to is what is beneath your weight loss quest? Isn't your ultimate goal to feel better about yourself, to feel love or acceptance or vitality and good health? Isn't that ultimately what you're probably wanting? beneath the weight loss that you think weight loss will bring you? The truth is so many of the things that we seek after in the form of weight loss could be achieved without ever there being weight loss. 
And if we shift out of the fact that we need these companies and we need these programs to feel good about ourselves, then we start to put the power back in our court. We start to realize that we are beautiful and worthy and uniquely and wonderfully created and that you don't have to be a size teeny tiny to prove that to the world because you already know it. And we need to stop spending $60 billion a year trying to shrink down, trying to take up less space in the name of health. Because those things that I've read off, the way we're messing with our genetics and our genes and our hunger levels and our mentality around food, that's not healthier. I don't think that's healthier. And yet that's what the diet industry has created for us. So when you start thinking about how you want to create a healthy lifestyle, because I get it, okay, I can't diet and I don't want to diet, but how do I still be healthy? I get that. What I encourage you to do is to take a step back and slow down. Start figuring out where that's coming from and why you genuinely seeked out weight loss in the first place. What were you hoping to get? Because more than likely, there's a deeper why than you just want to be thin. And once you've gotten down to that, what are things that you can do outside of weight loss that can achieve those things? You want to feel better about yourself? Maybe there's some body image or some self-esteem or some confidence things you could start doing. You want to appreciate your health more and use your body the way that it is able to be used. Maybe start a gratitude practice. Maybe do a gratitude practice while you go for a 15-minute walk every day. But we have got to shift out of the fact that diets are the key to our happiness because they don't work. And they're not going to work. So I know January is around the corner. And I know the holidays are upon us. And I encourage you to embrace this holiday season, to enjoy the people around you, to enjoy the food and the activities, and to not let it have anything to do with your body or your weight. And when January 1st comes around, you're not trying to create a brand new you in a different body. You're embracing the you that is already there and creating a lifestyle that is sustainable and joyful from the inside out through that. So... I hope you feel a little encouraged because you are worth so much more than that next diet that is teasing you and promising you things. And there's so much more to you than that. I hope you all have a wonderful and amazing day, and I will talk at you very soon. Bye, guys.